Welcome to the fourth episode of iPhone Life Podcast. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life Magazine. And I'm Noah Seamson, the COO of iPhone Life Magazine. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor of iPhoneLife.com. This is Noah's first podcast joining us. Welcome. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, world. Uh, so we got an exciting podcast today. We're going to talk about iOS 9 and Watch OS 2. Uh, before we get started, I just want to take a minute to tell you about iPhone Life Insider. This is your last week to sign up for iPhone Life Insider at the discounted rate of 50% off. So for iPhone Life Insider, you get daily video tips, in-depth video guides, you get an archive of all the back issues of our magazine, you get a digital subscription to the magazine, and you get to ask our illustrious editor, Sarah Kingsbury, all of your iPhone and iPad questions. Send them my way, insiders. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, sign up this week, 50% off, uh, iphonelife.com slash insider. Go check it out, and let's start the show. Let's do it. All right. So, iOS 9 uh, came out this week. What are you guys' kind of initial reaction so far? How do you like it? I love it. I really like it. I think I like it. I. It's a pretty subtle upgrade as it far is. as I can tell. I mean, it seems like, when it, I mean, nothing compares to the upgrade between iOS 6 and iOS 7, but it seems like the upgrades are getting more and more subtle. Do you guys agree? Yeah. I mean, Apple tends to go through some cycles and certainly with the Mac operating system, they've done this where they've done a feature upgrade and then they've done a stability upgrade. Mm -hmm. uh, and my favorite upgrades are the stability upgrades because <laughs> the thing really sings and it's polished and you're not, it doesn't have a bunch of bugs and it feels like it's really well crafted. And that's what I'm feeling with iOS 9. I agree with Noah. Um, it's funny. I've had iOS 9 for a while because I signed up for the public beta program and I, I was trying to think of cool features that I really love about iOS 9 and I couldn't really think of anything because they're just so smooth and subtle. It's like I'm just happier, but I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's weird to me though is that it seems like this is kind of the second a stability upgrade in a row. It's like they did iOS 7, which was a huge, massive overhaul. iOS 8 was a stability upgrade, which turned out to be not that stable. And so they had to kind of do a second one in a row as opposed to big overhaul type thing. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Yeah. I mean, iOS 8 brought, I don't know if they're really, I mean, Apple Music isn't, it's more of an app upgrade. And then there was Apple Pay, but you had to have a certain iPhone. So there were features. And family sharing, don't forget family sharing. Family sharing was huge. That was a yeah. huge thing for me because I got a big family. Yeah. So, okay. And every time they obviously introduce new features. So to call them those, a stability update sells it big short. Features. So let's get into the big features this time. Uh, feature number one I think everybody's excited about is Siri. Uh, Sarah, what are kind of the, how is Siri better now? Well, basically Siri is smarter. Um, Siri, you can understand context. So you can say, remind me about this if, and referring to like a web article you're reading or an email and Siri can remind you, she'll know that what you're referring to, um, Siri can, uh, oh man. I, I think <laughs> actually, you, yeah, my, my favorite Siri <laughs> thing is the Siri suggestions. And, and mm -hmm. yeah. it, it's one of my favorite things because when we were watching the keynote, they sort of said, oh, well, your phone is going to keep track of everything that you do and then make smart suggestions. And my gut reaction was like, I don't want it to do that. 
Um, but it's been one of my favorite features. When I go to search for something, I often have it immediately there. I don't have to type anything in and I can go right to it. And I use the search function pretty much to launch every app. I hardly ever, you know, scroll through my phone to find something. Yeah. And so that's been really, really an excellent feature that I appreciate. I find what's interesting is because of those suggestions, I've started using search more in general. Like I, I look first to see if they're suggesting what I want them to suggest, but then if they're not, then I open it. So it's actually, I used to not use search to launch apps. I used to use search only if I couldn't find something. But now with this, I'm finding I use yeah. search a lot I'm not more. sure all our listeners are aware, actually, that the Spotlight page is now integrated with Siri. And so basically, mm -hmm. when you, instead of just swiping down on the center of the home screen, if you swipe to your right, you'll bring up what is now called Siri suggestions. And basically what you're doing is you're typing your questions to Siri, which is really nice because it's not always appropriate to talk to Siri. <laughs> and... And then Siri, because Siri can now search the content of apps instead of just finding the app for you, and Siri can search the web more thoroughly, you get, you see sort of the, before, like Noah said, before you even search, you see things that maybe you'll want. But if it's not there, you can type it in instead of asking Siri, and all of that power that Siri now has can come up whether you type it or speak it, and it's great. And you said with contextual search, Siri now understands words like it and they and things like that? Yeah, so you can, if you have a text message that you maybe want to respond to later, you can say, remind me about this at 8 o'clock, and Siri will remind you about the text message mm -hmm. at 8, 8 o'clock. Siri understands what, so, what you're talking about. So is contextual search then specifically for reminders? It's like, remind me about this? Well, I mean, Siri, it's also, it's sort of, as far as I understand, it's part of the whole proactive thing, which is basically, like Noah said, your phone is kind of keeping track of what you do and when you do it. And But the way that works is then if you tend to do something at the same time, you wake up your phone and the app you usually use at that time, like for instance, if you listen to music first thing in the morning because you're working out, the the music app will be there and you can just start pressing by pressing play. Mm -hmm. And so that's really handy. That, that's been so far my favorite feature is the proactive, not so much the proactive search, although I like it, the proactive assistant. The, yeah. you know, I get in my car in the morning and I have a, my phone automatically connects to my Bluetooth and Siri knows that, or my iPhone knows as soon as my phone connects to Bluetooth, pull up Spotify. Uh, you know, it knows that, uh, when I go to the gym to pull up my workout app. And so, I mean, that it's such a like crazy feeling to look at your phone and it already one step ahead of you. Yeah, and it's interesting actually that Apple is trying to wrap these sort of like phone features into the Siri class. Mm -hmm. Because really before when you thought about Siri, you thought about Siri as being your ability to talk to your phone. And they're really trying to broaden the brand of Siri to be much more than just when you talk to your phone, but rather Siri is the thing that does things that are smart in your phone. Uh, and that's an interesting choice. And certainly I'm guessing it's pointing towards the future of, of their development. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I mean, Siri is always like referred to as like your digital assistant, but now Siri really is like a digital assistant because, you know, she's handing you the things you need when you need them and sort of keeping track of what you do and anticipating it. Yeah. It, it always felt like it was kind of marketing hyperbole to call Siri a digital assistant before and is feeling less like that. It feels like Siri's starting to really be more proactive. I mean, that's that's the point, but yeah. I, it's exciting. And another cool thing about Siri, and it's only for the new phones, the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, 
um, any phone can use Hey Siri, but they have to be plugged in. But mm -hmm. these new phones, you can enable Hey Siri without being connected to a power source, which means you can talk oh. to your phone from any, you know, any range that Siri can hear you. Now, is this, because I would be so much more excited if that was a thing for Apple Watch. It doesn't work yet for Apple Watch, Oh, no, correct? it has always worked for Apple Watch. Are you serious? If I just say, hey, Siri, right now, it'll start working? Yeah. Hey, Siri. Oh, I have my phone on airplane mode. <laughs> it's, it's working. Oh, wait, it worked. It worked. That, okay, well, I never knew that. Tip of the day. All right. <laughs> if you actually read our tips of the day, you would know that. Oh, burn. <laughs> Burn. That's not fair. David actually is probably the number one reader of tips. He's always coming to me and talking to me about My them. mom is the number one reader. She's coming and talking to me about all the things Sarah does wrong, and then I have to relay those things to Sarah. I love your mom. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting that they're now bringing that to all the poor people who don't have Apple Watches and, and who knew about that. Um Anything else with Siri? I know now the at least the default they've gotten rid of Siri's voice. Do you guys miss her? Um, I always had it turned off, so okay. not at all. <laughs> well, the nice thing is is you can enable your mute switch to turn Siri on or off. So if mm. you want Siri to be quiet, you can turn that on, and if you want to hear Siri's voice, you can unmute your phone. Oh, so that must be what I have on. I just assumed they'd gotten rid of Siri's voice altogether. No, no, Siri's voice isn't gone, but you can mute make her. it okay. so that. If your phone's on mute, Siri's on mute. That was a much more uh, diplomatic way to say it than mute her. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think fundamentally, you know, in terms of talking to my phone, I'm much more likely to talk to my phone if it's not going to talk back at me, especially if I'm in public. You know, yeah. if I'm in public and I'm like talking to my phone, that's one leap to like actually do that in front of people. Uh, but if the phone is talking back to me and it's saying something stupid that, you know, I have to repeat it back, it's like, that's, that's too far yeah, for me. Yeah, especially because Siri generally works really well for me when I'm by myself. And when I'm in public, that's when Siri, yeah, Siri is like... always messes up, especially yeah. around Android people, I notice. Yes. <laughs> yes, The minute my husband steps in the room, Siri stops working. Siri gets stage right real quick, I yeah. know. Um, okay, so the other, one of the other really big updates in iOS 9 is... They've redone a lot of their core apps. Uh, notes for starters is now has a lot of new features. What are what's new about Notes? Uh, everything. It's a, I mean, I, it used to be a, a, an app I had hidden in a folder, um, <laughs> but now you know you can do so many things with it. You can make checklists. You can sketch. You can put links and photos and things from pages in it. Um, I've actually been using it a fair amount, mostly to see how it works, but I've been really happy with it. Now, were you an Evernote user ever? No, I was not. Because uh, I use Evernote, and it seems like everything that they've added is kind of what Evernote already had, and Evernote already has a lot more stuff. Yeah, I think that Apple was playing catch-up with this. They realized yeah. that their Notes app was was really just so inadequate. subpar when it came <laughs> yeah. to the notes app uh, you know note apps available and and certainly they brought it up to a much more respectable level and i think that the integration with some of the other the other tools helps make it um make it more respectable but i um, it's still not going to meet the the level of of some of those well established apps like like evernote well and, and 
And that's okay in some cases when Apple's bundling it for free and you pay for the other ones, but Evernote's free too. So honestly, I, I don't know why people would use Notes over Evernote at this point, even with Upgrade is my personal. Noah, do you use Evernote or do you use Notes or what do you use? I, I actually do use Notes. Um, I, I use it a fair amount just because I love the, the quick sync with all of my different devices. I got a lot of computers, a lot of different locations, iPads. Um, and I really like the ability to not have to think about it and I just jot something down very quickly and, uh, and it's on any device and I often actually use it as, as a transportation tool instead of like um, the, uh, what's the sync where you're dropping stuff. Uh, Dropbox? Dropbox, no. iCloud. Airdrop? Airdrop, that's okay. it. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> uh, Airdrop. Instead of using Airdrop, which is sort of a management thing, I often will throw stuff into my notes just to sync it across all of my devices so I know I can access something somewhere else. Do you, Sarah, do you find that Notes syncs for you? Because I have the hardest time getting Notes to sync, and I've talked to a few other people who have this problem. I'm sure it's not like Notes is broken, but it doesn't seem intuitive to make them sync. So I think as we talked about in a previous podcast, I people know that I take notes by hand. So I'm not really a note teacher. So you can't get them to sync? <laughs> no, it's not funny. But well, I haven't you can, had... you take pictures with the new notes feature in <laughs> iOS 9. Hey, uh... Bada bing. But I haven't had trouble I mean, I with the notes app on my computer not syncing with my... Now that I have been using it, just so I can know what I'm talking about. When yeah, the notes app. The, there is a complexity with that because really it's tied to your email service. So you can have actually four, five, six different channels of your notes. And that's that's what I have. Yeah, so you can have multiple channels of notes, and whether or not you've got them turned on or off in your different devices, your Gmail notes, for example, may not sync with one device, or your. Right iCloud notes may not sync with one device. So you sort of have to understand that underpinning a little bit to really get it to function. Yeah, you right. have to manage your settings in terms of what is your default like note folder and all those things. Which is nice for power users. And I like to think of myself as power user most of the time. But Evernote, I mean, the fact that it forces you just to have one account in my mind is nice because you don't want to have to deal with that with notes. Because the whole point with notes is you want to be quick and easy. Um, another app that they upgraded, obviously, uh, this one is relevant to us and our readers, is the News app. Um, have you guys had a chance to check out the new News app yet? New News? Yeah, when I first um, upgraded to iOS 9, the public beta, I used it a lot. But um, it's kind of like the music apps where you know there's like sort of algorithms that, like, based mm -hmm. on what you like and what you look at, it sort of shows you certain things and I guess I maybe haven't spent enough time like personalizing it and so it kind of got to the point where I wasn't really seeing what I wanted and so I haven't been looking at it too much. I think one of the problems I have in general with the latest Apple offerings is that with in the apps at least they've been playing catch-up. Yeah, uh, I mean true. definitely news is it's Flipboard, it's Pulse, mm -hmm. it's that same genre, Notes is Evernote, uh, Apple Music is Spotify and you know to some degree that's always been Apple's game plan so I don't, I don't want to be like oh this is something new exactly but they're not doing it the way they usually do like usually when they catch up to someone they're like we'll see you and raise you this much and they've kind of not even quite caught up with these apps well and they took so long to play catch up that I feel emotionally invested in the in the alternatives and it's mm -hmm. a, like I've spent too long curating Flipboard to really spend the time investing in the in a new app. I spent yeah. too long building 
uh, uh, playlist in Spotify to want to just switch over. And I am now all, everything's in Evernote. So I'm struggling to be like, okay, well, you're Apple, so I'm just going to trust you. Like, I, 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 that's my instinct in general in life is just to do buy and use whatever Apple gives me. But these latest offerings, I'm not doing it. How about you? Or have you used Notes yet? Noah? Uh, for, yeah, the news. news app. Yeah, I've used it a little bit. And, and I have to say that I, I, I'm not invested in it either. Um, I think uh, I'm interested to see what happens when they release their new platform for publishers to see if some of the interaction actually takes it to the next level in terms of the content instead of being uh, just an RSS stream. So potentially there's still some future in that uh, for them. Um, but they haven't really made up to this point uh, a core value proposition to the reader that says this is definitely better than your other reader programs uh, and therefore read my content and pay for my ads. And I, I don't know that, that they've really shown me a strategy that makes me a, a committed reader there. And that's what that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head what's bothering me about the latest generation of apps that they're coming out with. It's almost like their value propos proposition is we're Apple. Mm -hmm. Period. It's it's not like oh well you know how Flipboard does this well we're gonna do it better we're unique in this way it's like we're exactly the same as everybody else but we're Apple so just fucking use it <laughs> yeah 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 I, I think that I mean with any company you know they'll rate their their new products and new features in different levels of importance yeah uh, and I think that a lot of these apps fall into the category that they would probably self describe as being equal to or similar to what the competition is. And then when you get into areas like, like Siri and the Siri features, they say, we want to beat the competition. We want to be better than the competition. Mm -hmm. And so they're really trying to put as many guns behind that as they can. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, now, one of the big changes with news is they're hoping really that this is going to replace Apple News Stand. Uh, do you guys... Do you guys miss Apple Newsstand now that it's gone? Or what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, we're publishers, so we can share our publishing point of view on this. But as a consumer, what are your thoughts first? Um, as a consumer, uh, it's hard to separate yeah, the I two. Know. <laughs> you know, I, I loved, uh, as a publisher, and I guess as a consumer, I loved seeing the cover of the latest magazine as the app icon. Mm -hmm. uh, and it felt like um, I was closer to that, that magazine brand. Uh, and when, uh, when you lose the newsstand in iOS 9... Um, then it gets assimilated into an app icon just like any other app icon, and it sort of gets you know, lost in the sea of things. I, I think maybe some listeners might not know what happened to their magazines. Do you want to tell them, David? Uh, sure. So what used to be is there used to be a thing called Apple Newsstand where magazines were sold through their own Apple app, and then there was the App Store. And what Apple just did now is they took newsstand and they folded it into the uh, app store so that now magazines have standalone apps rather than magazines having uh, being a magazine in the newsstand app. Yeah, and functionally on your phone, when you upgrade to iOS 9, your newsstand app, which was sort of like a fake folder, turned into an actual folder, and instead of the covers of your magazines, you now have sort of the app icons for those magazines. Right. I think I'd be remiss in not stopping here to point out that we do have uh, what used to be a newsstand app is, is now a regular app where you can read our magazine. And so if you want to do that, 
you don't know what we're talking about and want to see a new magazine app, go to iphonelife.com app and it'll take you to the app store, so don't worry. It'll take you to the app store, to our app to download it. Sorry, couldn't avoid a plug there. Uh, what do you think, Sarah, in terms of the switch? Is it Are you more likely to use a news-style app like Apple News or like Flipboard or to read a magazine, a digital magazine like uh, in Newsstand? Um, I'd probably read a digital magazine in Newsstand more than... Um more than Apple News, but the truth is my daughter sells magazines as a fundraiser. And so I have like plenty of like print magazines to read at home and I don't really do the digital thing. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I'm the same way. Um, it's one of the interesting paradoxes of having a magazine that's about tech is that it's like one, we have, I have one foot in both worlds and I, I tend to land on the print version of magazines still. So I, I do a lot of magazine reading. I subscribe to a lot of them, but I, I still read them print. Yeah, I, I consume uh, magazines more in the digital mm-hmm. space than, than in print. Uh, I prefer the, the not having to find them. I always know where my iPad is. <laughs> I, you know, it's easy to search through content, find stuff that you like. So I, I end up on the, on the digital side of that. And are you more likely to read a magazine app or are you more likely to do a Flipboard style? Um, I, I really do both. Uh, so, uh, I mean, there's certainly something nice about uh, catching up with with the very latest of news in a Flipboard style application. Uh, but I also like to, to dive into the magazines and um, and spend some time reading some some higher quality content. All right. Uh, and I think for me, my my opinion is I, I read a lot of both too. I'll I'll read. I do read digital magazines from time to time, and I do read Flipboard and news that way too. What I like about the change is I thought Apple Newsstand was clunky. I mm. thought it was mm. awkward to navigate into its own store. It was awkward that these apps were in all merged together so that if all of my magazines were in one place as opposed to I could have one magazine in a shortcut area and easier to find. So I actually think that Apple did publishers of magazines a favor by killing off newsstand and making it an app. I think that that helps publishers. I don't think it gives them any less attention. I think it gives them more attention. Uh, so I'm excited about it. Uh, the other app that Apple uh, added extra functionality to is Maps. So Maps now has transit directions. Which is awesome if you live in China. Because, because only China. It's only well, people get. Okay, there's a, there, well, the thing is, like, there's 300 cities in China that there are transit directions for, and there's like a few major cities in the U.S. And I live in. I mean, it doesn't really affect me because I live in a town so small. There's no such thing as public transportation. <laughs> it doesn't affect us until we travel. But when I yeah. travel, I exclusively use Google Maps because of this. So it at least sure. gives Apple Maps a fighting chance. It's another one, too, where Apple's playing catch-up a bit. Yeah, I think, and in this case, I think they're playing catch-up, but they also put it in the category of really wanting to win. Yeah, oh, definitely. And it's and it's uh, it's a uphill road for them because Google is so far ahead. Do you guys use Google Maps or Apple Maps for your main navigation? Google Maps. I use Apple Maps. Ooh. I'm a loyalist, and, <laughs> and uh, I use it unless I feel like it's not going to work, and then I have a fallback to Google. And when do you feel like it's not going to work? Uh, sometimes I... Um, I don't know. I, it usually does, to be honest. I would say 95% of the time, Apple Maps get, gets me what I need. Actually, I do know when it is. It's when uh, Google is much better about local attractions. 
So when you're looking for something local and you're trying to just find something and you don't actually have an address, Google is much better about presenting you with those options. Okay, I, I use Google Maps. I tried using Apple Maps right when it came out, when it was a disaster. We mm. were in Chicago trying to navigate to a hotel and in Apple Maps just had us doing figure eights. I mean, it was rough. Oh. Uh, and then obviously they've improved it a lot since then. I gave it a try the other day and it messed up and it probably was like not one of those rare times oh, when it messes up, yeah. but I'm just like, screw it. I'm sticking with yeah. Google. I, I regularly- I've had bad experiences with Google though. Really? Yeah, yeah. I regularly uh, ask Siri, like I get in the car, I start driving and I want to be heading home. I very often will open up Siri and say, hey Siri, take me home. And then within you know a couple of seconds, it's telling me to turn right or turn left, and I love it. Yeah, the Siri navigation helps a lot. And that's mm -hmm. something, my mom was traveling recently, and I was trying to teach her how to use Google Maps, and she kept, it's a surprisingly complex interface. And so eventually, I just said, use Siri, and it was so much easier for her, so much better for yeah. her. So yeah. uh, I think we have to let Noah go. Noah is not just the COO of iPhone Life. He's also a soccer coach. That's right. Big game today, coach. Not a big game, but a practice. So I've got a bunch of little kids that are showing up on a field, and i got to be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we don't want to make Coach late. So thanks for joining us for iOS 9. All right, great to talk with everybody. All right, and we are going to move on to Apple Watch. Uh, before we do, though, Sarah, what are some of your other favorite features? I know a lot of the iOS 9 things, they're not big features. They didn't make the iOS 9 page but they're exciting and they save a lot of time. So what are some of your favorites of those? Um, there's a few photo things that I think are great. For instance, if you're looking at your photos at a photo and you swipe down on it, it will take you back to the album view, which is really handy. That's really, yeah. I, and ahead. then uh, there's another way they've speeded up sort of the photo navigation. There's like a little scrub bar at the bottom and you can just scrub through it and bring the pictures up really quickly, which is awesome. And there's now a selfie album in your in your album view so like all those pictures so you can quickly find those pictures and update your facebook profile or whatever i'm gonna be so depressed when i look in there and despite the fact that i make fun of all those selfie teenagers find all the selfies that i've been taking well david i only have two so there okay I'll, um, i will pull out my phone and see how many i have it's gonna be a lot though I'm, I'm ashamed to say so in the keyboard now there's a more obvious shift key so now you're your keyboard is in lowercase until you do the shift key and then it turns to uppercase. Which Noah isn't here, so I will tell you that Noah hates it. I really like it. I think most people really like it because you know if you're in uppercase or lowercase. Sometimes I, I find myself accidentally doing one or the other when I'm not supposed to. Uh, yeah. Noah hates it because the spacing in lowercase letters is just a little bit off. And I'm sorry for telling you that because you would have never noticed, and now you will. Uh, but it's, it is it is a little weird. It's a like a little bit off. You get used to it quickly. But if you don't like it, you can actually turn this off. Um, if you go in settings, if you go to general accessibility and keyboard, then you can turn off that, that uppercase keyboard. So that's pretty handy. Um, one fun thing is when you're attaching photos to in mail, you can actually draw on them. So you can like put mustaches on everything that you send if, if that's your thing. <laughs> All those mustaches while sending, uh, while sending email. Yeah, and one thing that I really love is now you can enable Apple Pay from your lock screen and then you can double click your home button and bring up Apple Pay instantly instead of having to like open your wallet app or like especially like if you have 
an Apple Watch, it's pretty convenient for Apple Pay. But for the phone, you've had to open up your wallet app. No. And that just eliminates that step. See, I was confused by this feature because I didn't open up my wallet wallet app. I used to just put my phone near the NFC reader and it would just start it for me. Did this not happen for you? I guess I've just been using my Apple Watch. Maybe it does work, but I've just been using my Apple Watch for Apple Pay and haven't noticed. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know why they added it because I never had to access it. All, All right, I did I is take it put back. my phone That's up. not a cool feature. It's, okay, it's redundant. Good. All right, well, are you ready to guess how many selfie selfies I've taken on my phone? 300. 249. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guessed more. Actually, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that you guessed more. That is like think, way too many selfies for a man in his 20s to be taking. <laughs> I think that you can tell like the difference in our ages by the number of selfies we've got. I've got like three or four. I'm, I, don't, I think for any age, that is an impressively few low number of selfies. Maybe. I just think, I mean, I'm 10 years older than you, so... I think that that just shows. That would do it. Uh, <laughs> did you see this article? I We just posted on the website today, so you edited it. I'm sure you saw it. Selfies now kill more people than sharks? Apparently, more people die taking selfies because they're like, oh, look at that wild animal. I should probably take a selfie with that, or I should take a selfie with this oncoming train, and it doesn't go well. Um, so yeah. It's really sad to make fun of, but it, it's also just really sad. <laughs> yeah, but it's like... I mean, the numbers are low both ways. Like, I think it was eight people dying from shark attacks versus 12 taking selfies. But that's, you know, that's... It's, that's a lot of people dying from selfies. <laughs> you shouldn't... Like, taking a photograph shouldn't be a deadly activity. So you might want to, like, check your surroundings and use your brain before you take a selfie. I would love to see the breakdown of people dying from selfies for iPhone and Android. See if there's, like, a... <laughs> See if there's uh, any correlation to be had there. Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, did you know, fun fact of the day, 150 people die each year from being hit in the head with a coconut. I did not know that. So coconuts beat selfies and sharks combined in, in rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so um, the last thing before we move on, I know I said the last thing before, but I now am Just realizing... Just one more last thing? One more thing, because uh, we left out all the poor iPad features. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, there's all those multitasking things. Multitasking? Are you excited about it? You don't have an iPad, do you? I'm not a tablet user. I keep thinking I'm going to get one, and then I just don't. Okay. Uh, in my, I, my iPad, I love the iPad. I use it a lot, but I have the iPad Air. I didn't get the iPad Air 2, and so I don't have multitasking. Well, you can use the slide over where you can basically slide that app out to take up a third of your screen and mm -hmm. then slide it back. But yes, only the iPad Air 2, iPad and iPad Mini 4, and iPad Pro will have um, the split screen where you have two active apps mm -hmm. having equal real estate on your screen. Or, um, But you still have picture-in-picture -picture also. Yeah, so what is picture-in-picture? Picture? Tell, tell us what picture-in-picture so picture basically, is. So basically, if you're watching a video or doing a FaceTime call and you want to check your email or use some other app, you can press your home button while you're watching the video mm -hmm. and it will scale down and go to the corner of your screen. And I think you can move it around. I'm not sure. Um, and then do something else while your video continues to play. And it will stay at the front of your screen. So if you open up another app, it won't like cover up the video. To me, that just seems like that just seems like a feature 
for people who are bored in their relationships. <laughs> like, oh no, honey, I'm totally talking. We're totally FaceTiming. Meanwhile, you're like checking email, playing games. Well, I can see it being very useful in a work context. Oh, that you know, can if be. If you're like, if you're, I mean, that was my immediate thought. Like, oh, you know, I'm talking to you and we're referring to this email or document and I can go check it while continuing to see your face because apparently seeing my coworker's face is really important. It's really important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I guess you could, it, I guess it's for, if, if to look at it on the optimistic side, you used to be able to play games and not see their face. So maybe it's, you really are not bored with your partner and want to see well, their face. I don't know about you, but I totally <laughs> play games and read the news and check my email while I'm watching TV. Yeah. Like I'm not just like a one screen person anymore. And now on an iPad, you can do both of those things on the same device. So it's kind of efficient. That's that's efficient. Somehow it seems weird to me. Somehow I will play a game while I watch TV, but playing a game while I watch a movie on my iPad well, seems weird. I don't know. Somehow in one device seems too far. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe. All right, moving right along. Watch OS 2. We Part of the reason why we let Noah go early is he is not have an apple watch yet uh, where sarah and i loser. yeah he, he's not that cool no uh, he sounded cool but he's not yeah <laughs> he's so, gonna listen to this later he definitely will not <laughs> um so what's your first take on watch os 2 what do you think how do you like it i think i haven't really noticed a difference yeah. i mean i played with the time travel a little bit and was bored i'm not that excited about the new watch faces it's like oh more pretty ways to drain my battery um i am excited about this new app i downloaded okay well you're you're pretty much going through all my list of questions in one time but go ahead tell me about the app that you downloaded um it's sleep plus plus um it's by the same guy i think his name's david smith let me check that Yes, David Smith, um, who made Pedometer++, which was one of my favorite iPad, iPhone apps until I got an Apple Watch to track my steps. Mm-hmm. And basically, it turns your Apple Watch into a sleep tracker, which is exciting. Okay, now how does that work? Because you need to charge your Apple Watch, and so you're not going to have it on while you're sleeping, right? Well, the Apple Watch charges really quickly. For one does thing. it? Mine doesn't. Mine what? takes like forever to charge. Mine charges in like an hour. Well, you have the girl version. <laughs> Whatever. No, I don't. I, I don't know what so the weird. difference is I'll in have our to try settings, it. Yeah. My, my Apple Watch charges really fast. And, okay. And I have actually slept with my Apple Watch before um, just because I was wanted to get like a really close look at my resting heart rate. <laughs> um, and yeah, it like it, I just like charged it while I was getting ready in the morning and getting ready for bed at night. And, and it was okay? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm going to have to look into this. Because my Apple Watch charges so slowly. And it's a really, really simple app. But I think that's really, it just, all you do is um, you just press, like there's a complication you can put on your screen. And you just press that complication and tell the the watch that you're going to sleep. And it will track how you sleep. And then when you wake up, you press that complication and tell it you're done sleeping. Okay, so for people who aren't up on all the latest lingo, what's a complication? All right, well, it's like a traditional watchmaker's term for all the little things that aren't the time that you would see on your watch face, like the date or the weather or any of the other little information. I love that that's like the traditional watchmaker's term. It's like, yeah, we have a watch, but the rest of that shit's just complicated. (laughs) I think it's funny because it seems like Apple's whole thing is like, let's make things really simple and intuitive. 
and then they got into the watch business and there's this thing called complications. It's a really bad, from a marketing perspective, it's a really bad term. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, sorry. So there's a complication on, so that's what's on your watch face other than the time and you push it and it starts tracking and you push it when you wake up. Yeah. So, so then, and then it sends you a report saying, you know, this many hours of like deep sleep and then you were restless for these hours. And so it's pretty cool. I'm excited that you can finally track your sleep with your Apple watch. Yeah, that is cool. I, I will say I did get, uh, a pad, you know how they have like those, it's like a, something you put under your mattress or like under your sheet and it tracks your sleep. And I slept so much worse with it because it was like this feeling of every time I'd wake up, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not sleeping well. I'm going to have a bad score. And I would like it was like Heisenberg's principle or something being observed messed up my sleep patterns. But you didn't get used to it after a while. I gave up after like two days. I was like, screw it. <laughs> well, I tend to read before I go to sleep. So I sometimes fall asleep with my Apple Watch on anyway and my glasses and my phone in my hand. So... Um, so I was like, why not track my sleep if I'm going to fall asleep with my watch on anyway? Okay. Yeah, that that, that sounds convenient. Um, so let's go back to the beginning because you answered all my questions at once. Sorry, David. Uh, I'm efficient. Like <laughs> Podcast over. No. <laughs> uh, so the more watch faces, are you excited about the new watch faces? I mean, they're cool. Like those little um, scenes where you get to see the sort of time-lapse videos of... Mm -hmm you know, beautiful landscapes and stuff and cityscapes. They're really pretty, but it's kind of the same as those cool animations like the flowers and the fish and stuff. They use your a lot of your battery and you can't put many complications, if any, on them. So they're not very useful. They're Yeah, and that's my problem too. I really liked I really liked the cool like jellyfish and I, I really like the cool new high res images but they don't allow complications. And um, yeah. it's like, if I'm going to wear an Apple watch instead of a normal watch, I want to be able to have a little more functionality than just telling me the time. Yeah, I, it's disappointing because they're so pretty. But they do, when I switched I to, I used just um, the simple watch face. Um, and when I switched, I did it for the functionality because I wanted to see my activity rings mm -hmm. slowly filling in and I wanted to know what the temperature was. And So what do you, yeah, so first of all, what is, because simple is what it's called, but people might not be looking. So what, which one is the simple watch face? Um, it just, it doesn't really have many numbers. It's just the lines for the watch. It's the analog version of the watch. Yeah, basically. And um, which... My children are always asking, what time does that say? <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. I know. And um, and then it has room for five complications. And what complications are you using? It's fun to compare. I have my battery percentage, my activity rings. Um, I have my sleep plus plus complication. Um, I have the date and I have the temperature. Okay. I'm very similar. I have. I'm using the modular because... I'm 10 years younger, apparently, <laughs> and I can, in fact, tell the time the, the old-fashioned way, but I figure why make my, why, why make things harder than it has to be? So I'm using the modular, and right now I have the date, I have the temperature, I have uh, the my activities, and random, I have the phase of the moon, because <laughs> I'm always like, is it the full moon? <laughs> and so now I just look at my watch. So now you just know. I mean, I think the modular watch face is the most 
useful one. And I, the most ugly. And that's the exactly, problem. Exactly. And that's why, I mean, I actually prefer it too. It, you do have to like kind of look at this and figure out, oh, it's 521, you know, like instead of just reading the numbers. Yeah. But it's just it, one this was more my compromise <laughs> between like I wanted it to be useful and I wanted it to look nice. Yeah. So in, in, in conclusion, I think we're both on the same page. Apple needs to come out with watch faces that both look nice and allow for complications. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm glad we agree on this. Finally, this will be, let the record show that Sarah and I agree on something. Something, yeah. <laughs> uh, time travel. Are you a time traveler, Sarah? I feel like it's actually faster for me to just press the weather complication and find out what the weather's going to be like at certain times instead of like dialing the digital crown. And same with appointments. I mean, maybe if I was like so booked that I had something scheduled every moment of the day, but it's really, I can just tap on the date and see what's happening that day. And that's faster for me. Yeah. I, it, my problem is I don't keep my appointments as a, what's it called? A complication? As a complication. Like your calendar? You don't have a calendar I have. No, I'm, I have the date, but I don't have the appointments. So like you press no, on it? Yeah, I can press on it. Exactly. And, um, and I can do it, but... So you do have a calendar complication. Okay. Okay. Fine. My point being, <laughs> here's the point I'm coming to. If I use time travel, and by the way, let's explain what time travel is. We've been doing that a lot in this podcast. Sorry. Time travel means if you take the, what is this thing called? The digital crown. You take the digital crown and you scroll forward or backwards in time, it'll tell you everything that's happening at that time. So let's say I go to 7 p.m. It'll tell me what the temperature will be at 7 p.m. It'll tell me if I have appointments at 7 p.m. Uh, and so my problem is I don't have my appointments on my watch face. So at 7 p.m., if I scroll forward, literally the only thing it's going to tell me different is it's going to tell me the temperature and the time at 7 p.m. Uh, and I don't think it's going to project my activity, will it? Will it like no. tell me you're going to work out tonight? I went backwards it, it turns off your activity. So I was hoping it would show me, like, oh, oh at this time you were here cool. with your activity. It and doesn't it doesn't do that. do that. Okay. So I think we can both agree that Time Traveler, I'm not excited about it, are you? I'm not. I mean, it seems like a feature that didn't used to be there. In other words, like, it's, I'm sure every once in a while I will scroll forward and I will be like, okay, cool. But, but you know, other than that, there could, it, there is access to the Time Travel feature for third party app developers. Oh, okay. So, some really creative app developer could hit on just the right way to use that that makes it incredible, incredibly useful, and that would be fun to see. Okay. So next question, nightstand mode is something they added. I'm assuming you're not using it because you have your Apple Watch on your wrist. Yeah, well, but even when I do charge my watch overnight, I, I, don't, I don't like having a clock right in my face. Yeah. And so I don't have a clock on my nightstand. I mean, that's what my phone is for. If I really want to know what time it is in the middle of the night or in the morning, I just look at my phone or now my Apple Watch, but I don't, and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I need to have it in nightstand mode. It sounds weird. Yeah. I have a clock in my room. It's across the room. So it's like, I, I, I don't have a use for it. The one, I, I do think it'll be nice though when I'm traveling. Because I do like to know the time. I don't like to wake up, reach across the room or reach on my nightstand and pick up my iPhone. So I think it would be nice when I'm traveling so that I don't, when I don't have a, a clock, but I have a clock in my room. So it doesn't seem like a big deal. I thought most hotel rooms have clocks, right? Yeah, but sometimes I crash on people's couches. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, 10 years younger. <laughs> um, so the big deal I think is, at least for me, is the ability to have native apps. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so first of all, what does that mean? What is a native app? Because it used to have apps. Now, how is it different? Well, I think the main difference is, is you can have apps that are directly on your Apple Watch, which means there's not that lag that comes from your watch communicating with your iPhone to get the information. Mm -hmm. So it used to be I had to wait a moment when I pressed my weather. Now it just pops up immediately. So apps load much faster. Yeah, and to me, I've to me that was the thing that was. I love my Apple Watch. For do you, are you happy with your Apple Watch? I am really happy with my Apple Watch. I feel like I don't use it as much as I thought I would, but the ways in which I use it are definitely make it worth it. Yeah, I feel like I don't use it as much as I thought I would. I feel like I don't use it as much as I should either. Like, there's a lot of things that are actually faster to do on my Apple Watch, like sending text messages, mm -hmm. whereas I, I I just forget to do it. You know what I mean? I text on my Apple Watch. Okay. Even in public? No, not in public. <laughs> that's the problem. If you're but in public, you know, it's awkward. The thing is that that's why I went in and I customized, I created custom like like standard replies that I can choose mm -hmm. so that I don't have to talk to my Apple Watch because most of your texts, let's face it, they're pretty much variations of the same things, but they might be very specific to you. So yeah. if you customize them, it suddenly becomes a lot more useful. I, I should do that. Donna told this story, and I've had the same thing happen to me. One of the like preset things, it says, okay. And like I'll just hit okay. And Donna said one of her friends texted her, said, I'm late for lunch. And she hit the okay button, and she showed up for lunch when they, when they met up. And her friend's like, why did you get mad at me about that? <laughs> well, that's why <laughs> I went in and, and added a an exclamation point and a smiley face. Yeah, you need, it's so funny, like there's a different language in text. You need to like use smiley faces and frowny faces to let people know your emotions because they can't hear it. Right. Um, I, so I, maybe if I did that, uh, but I was actually, we, what were we actually, oh, the, the native apps. So that was my biggest problem with the Apple Watch originally was I try to see the time, or the time it shows up, but I try to see the temperature, or I try to see my appointments, and it would take like 30 seconds to load. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, I don't have the patience for this. Yeah, and then you just pull out your phone. Exactly. So it's much faster, and I'm so excited about native apps. I mean, I feel like it's not there yet, but now that app developers have access to the digital crown, to time travel, to all those different things, and they'll just be on your phone and fast... I think the possibilities are going to be really mm -hmm. interesting and could possibly convince a lot of people who really have written off the Apple Watch or just not interested at the moment, they could get interested once Absolutely. the watch can do some cool things. Now, do you have any other native apps other than the Sleep Plus Plus? Um, you know, there's not that many cool apps out yet, but there's a few that I thought were interesting. Um, one is iTranslate, which is if... It can access your microphone on your Apple Watch. Oh, yeah. And, and Is that a Google app or Google has to translate too? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can't imagine Google would call it iTranslate, so never mind. <laughs> but the cool thing is that it can use your mic to translate, you know, phrases and words for you. And it can also offer suggestions, contextual suggestions based on like the time of day, like phrases that might be useful for that time of day, probably things like, you know, good evening or good morning, but still, you know, ways to help you get by. Um, I also, there's uh, Data Man Next. Do you say data or data? I say, I had to think about that. I say data. I usually say data, but then I thought everyone else says data, so maybe I'll That's say a data. a Canadian thing. Do you say caramel or caramel? Um, caramel. 
Oh, man. See, <laughs> one more thing that we disagree on. <laughs> <laughs> I am fine with either one. So Data Man Next, um, it lets you keep track of right on your wrist of how much data you're using. And I know from our readers that a lot of people care a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And so being able to have that right on your wrist and it can send you notifications if you're getting close. Oh, that's cool. You know, so you can keep track of that without having to pull out your phone and go into cellular usage or get some, you know, look at an app on your phone. It's just right there on your watch. I haven't really found any third-party apps that I'm that excited about yet. Um, I use a few of them that I just have on my phone and they show up on my on my watch and I'm cool with it, but there's none that are like, oh, this is so great. There's a lot of the built-in ones I use a lot, like the activity tracking ones, the mm -hmm. Apple TV remote I use a lot, obviously the texts. Um, the, th the one, there's a couple that I really wish they had though. Uh, one of them is Spotify. It drives me crazy that I yeah. can't like control my, and you can half control your Spotify songs because it does have like the ability to change songs and stuff through the player, but it's not the same. Are you a Spotify person? Actually, I'm getting really into Apple Music, which oh, is surprising me. Um, I think mostly because their family plan is such a good deal. Yeah. And so if you're sharing that with multiple people, I mean, at this point, I, I have to keep going with it or my kids will never speak to me again when they lose their playlist. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and that's, honestly, I considered using Apple Music just because it has an Apple Watch app because it's annoying to not have that, especially yeah. like if I'm running or something like mm -hmm. that. It's just like so much more complicated. Yeah, uh, hopefully that will come. I feel like we're just kind of, you know, like the iPhone didn't really, wasn't like really that awesome until there was apps, right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, we're at that point. And so there's some apps, but most of them seem to be iPhone apps that are compatible with the Apple Watch app that have Apple Watch mm -hmm. functionality. And so it'll be interesting to see where developers go with it. Yeah, I hope I, I like the Sleep Plus Plus. I hope they take in really creative ways. Yeah, it's a very simple app, but so, I mean, there should be sleep tracking for the Apple Watch. I mean, I don't know why they didn't uh, yeah. include that. Also, I don't know why they don't have like, I hate how in their activities they give you like, 10 activities and they're all cardio. Like there's mm -hmm. no strength activities. There's no like sports in there. Uh, there's no yoga in there. There's just other. Yeah. I mean, how is it just that it's hard for these trackers because of the metrics they're tracking to really track that kind of exercise accurately? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's not like they're gonna know how many reps you do if you're weightlifting, but like I still would like to keep that separately. In other words, like if I'm doing yoga one day and I'm playing Ultimate Frisbee the next day, which are obviously not random examples, uh, this is how I exercise, and I wanna know like, okay, how far did I run when I'm playing Ultimate? And like, what was my heart rate at when I was doing yoga? And I would like mm -hmm. to see those separately and there's no way to do that now. It's true. It's true. Uh, anything else that you're excited about that you like about new watch OS? Well, it's telling me that I've done a lot of exercise today, but I'm very skeptical. I don't, I don't, either it wasn't accurate before or it's not accurate now because my numbers are very, very different. Yeah. Well, one of the things that drove me crazy before is you kind of had to tell it you were exercising. It's like, yeah. if I go for a run and I don't tell it, it should know my heart rate is going through the roof. Uh, but it didn't, and it seems like you're saying now it kind of it knows you're exercising even if it didn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, previously I could take like 20,000 steps and it would tell me I had exercised for like 10 minutes. Now it's like you stand up and walk around the room and it's like, good job, five minutes. <laughs> Which seems like it's gone the other way. Yeah. You know, like 
I'm like, oh, I did some laundry. And yes, that involved carrying baskets up the stairs. But, you know, is that really exercise? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, because it's telling me, for instance, when I've done no exercise except for walking to work, it's telling me that I have done 49 minutes of exercise. Okay. I have done zero minutes of exercise. Let's see what it tells me, actually. Um, two minutes of exercise. Wow. I know. Well, I unfortunately, that's not a lie. <laughs> I just have been working all day. Um but you said conversely from that, it's also not tracking your calories burned as high, right? Right. It used to be, for instance, I think today I've walked about five miles. And it used to be good that work. For, that's like really good. When Because you know, it's just walking back and forth from work? I live like three-fourths of a mile from work. And, you know, I go home for lunch. So. Okay. And then I have dogs. and Yeah, that's impressive. But for every mile I walked, it used to say that, I burned basically a hundred active calories and it's telling me today I've walked actually close to five and a quarter miles. It's telling me I've walked, I've burned 363 active calories. So that's quite a difference. Previously it would have told me about 500. I have a theory. It's probably watchOS too, but I, yeah. my theory is the way they do calories is based on heart rate. I wonder if you're just walking more and in better shape, and so therefore your heart rate well, doesn't go as up as high. It's true. I mean, I don't know how accurate my numbers really are because, you know, I'm having like a certain health issue that I'm getting treated for, and it really affects my metabolism. And so it could just be that, you know, it's just me, not the watch. But it was such an instant change. Uh, yeah, that that's why I figured it's probably the watch. Yeah. Uh, only other new feature, Apple Watch, or there were more, but the one that Apple's hyping a lot, so I put on my list. Uh, you can add more friends to your friends list, or as I call it, your speed dial. <laughs> uh, do you use that at all? I don't think I, I don't, ever use I it. I don't initiate phone calls from my Apple Watch. Yeah. Sometimes I take phone calls on my Apple Watch, like if my phone's far away and I don't want to miss the call. Which or... I, I really like, actually. It's like, nice talking you know, on your Apple you Watch. You can talk on your Apple Watch and drive your car with both hands on the wheel, which yeah, is awesome. that's true. Um, but I never initiate phone calls from my Apple Watch. The only situation where I ever thought I might want to was one time I almost I, I almost locked myself out of the office, but my phone was inside and my keys were inside <laughs> the office. And so I was like, I can call someone from the outside this locked door. But otherwise, you know, I really don't need it. And yeah. and, I, and the thing, like this more colors for sending those stupid oh, sketches. Oh, I know. It's like they're doubling down on the most stupid <laughs> feature ever. Those sketches are so bad. And, and the heart rate. It's like I, I, I've been working really hard to find scenarios in which it would be a normal thing to send somebody a heart rate. And it's like still awkward. Like every once in a while, because I only have like two people who have out who have Apple Watches, Sarah and Donna. Every once in a while, I'll send one of you guys like, I went for a workout. And then it's like, oh, that was creepy. Like, I can't send you a heart rage. <laughs> well, it's hilarious. I mean, I feel like it's like, like when I first used that feature and I sent my heartbeat to Donna, our uh, editor in chief, I was like, you know, basically we're now dating in middle school because who else is going to use those? Who else? I mean, like, except for maybe like, you might like sketch dick, dick pics to like that, send to people, but otherwise, what do you use that for? Yeah, dick but, pics are like you could draw like a smiley face. I mean, it's why? like hard to draw too. It's not no, easy. It's not easy. Like, what would you do? Get the Apple pencil, like, <laughs> except for it won't work on anything but the iPad Pro. Like, you just send a an like an emoji. Like, why would you bother drawing? Yeah. And, Unless you were going to send a dick pic, because I don't think they have dick emojis yet. They do not. Although we were going to talk about this. 
uh, iOS 9.1, apparently they now have an emoji that flicks people off. In every race and ethnicity, you can flick people off. Um, <laughs> they were, I'm glad they thought of that because it would have really, it would have been a story if you could only flick people off in certain ethnicities. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sad thing is though, I have iOS 9.1 because I'm in the public beta program and I tried to send my office mate, Jamie, you know, I tried to send him the finger in every ethnicity and he just got a bunch of like colored squares. So it, unfortunately, you know... So the moral of the story is you can only flick people off who are early adopters. Right. And I hate those people, those early adopters. Yeah, they deserve fuck it. fuck those people. <laughs> but also, there's tacos. I mean, tacos and the finger. What else do you need when it comes to emojis? I'm really, like, I think some people are a little bit annoyed that Apple is adding new emojis because presumably they'll only work on Apple phones. But yeah. we need some new exciting emojis. I'm excited about about these. I probably will use the flicking off one way more than I care to admit. <laughs> I will probably use that one. But otherwise, and, and I just the use smiley and frowns and like occasionally like a little heart to my husband or something. Aww. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't have an Apple Watch. You can't send him your heart rate. No. But I wouldn't anyway because that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note... Um, I think that's our show, unless you have something you'd like to add. We didn't talk about activation lock. That, to me, is like okay. the best new feature of the Apple Watch. Uh, tell me about it. Well, you know what ap- activation lock on your iPhone is, right? If someone steals your iPhone, unless you basically, you have to basically unlock your iPhone before you sell it or give it away. Like mm-hmm. if they try and like erase your stuff and, and, uh, and just start using your phone, then Apple's going to cut them off so but they didn't have that for the apple watch so someone could steal your apple watch and just basically use it so now they have it on the apple Watch. if they could you you know if you didn't have like your passcode or they broke your passcode or whatever so now they do so it's just an extra layer of security that means basically people are less likely to steal your apple watch although the apple watch is on your wrist like when is (laughs) have you heard stories of people like being mugged for their apple watch i mean does that happen no i have not i have not heard any stories of that i mean I feel like, I mean, I love my Apple Watch, but I feel like wearing one kind of makes you a douche. Yeah. Like, people don't want to steal your douchey Apple Watch. They want to make fun of you. Well, also, the Apple Watch seems expensive because it's not subsidized. Like, mm. an, uh, an iPhone or an iPad, you can sell for six, seven, eight hundred dollars Whereas the Apple Watch, you can only sell for, like, $300. But it's just expensive because we're used to buying iPhones under contract. Right. Well, that's changing too. Although I don't know practically if it will change for people with the new leasing and payment plans. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll it'll change the format that they do it in, but I don't think people are going to be paying full price anytime well, soon. You don't think they're going to end up doing a leasing program for the Apple Watch maybe at some point? No, it's too cheap. I yeah. don't think they will. I feel like it's worth it. I mean, it's it's more expensive than most activity trackers and really studies have shown that most people use their Apple Watch as a fancy activity tracker, but it's an activity tracker you can take phone calls on mm-hmm. and get messages from and reminders. And and I just find that extra functionality makes it worth it. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. For, for the fitness tracking. And then it's like, just, I have a hard time explaining to people why I love my Apple Watch because it's like, when you say it, it sounds stupid. Basically, what I like is that I can keep my phone in my pocket when I'm out. And that yeah. sounds like not a big deal, but it is a big deal. It's like I can I can interact with my phone in terms of seeing the notifications, seeing if they're important, uh, and seeing basic quick glances of things 
while keeping my phone in my pocket. Whereas otherwise, you see so many people now just have their phones out all the, the time. The sad truth about me is that I used to actually work with my phone in one hand. Not that I was using it, but that like <laughs> sure. I just needed to be touching it. <laughs> and I mean, like there were times I'd forget my phone at home and I would feel so yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, you feel so naked without your phone. Yeah, but now like my phone has been in my purse all afternoon. I never took it out this afternoon after lunch. And it's, is, are you crediting your Apple Watch for that? It's yeah, you, definitely. And, yeah, and that's the way my, I am too. I have my phone face down on my desk. I never look at it. And if something happens, I'll look at my Apple Watch. Or if I, you know, and yeah. I, I can always get a quick glance. Like to quickly just be able to know like, oh, I don't need to pick up my phone to see what that notification was about is really, it frees you up so much, like just even psychologically. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's great absolutely and then like you said the activity tracker and then i feel like there's a lot with siri that i should do on my apple watch that would make it even more convenient and i just always forget to yeah i i feel like it's a it's really not the same like we're so used to interacting with our iphones and interacting with your apple watch is actually different and it's so you're learning a new way of interacting with a piece of technology and and it does take time it takes some getting used to i remember i I re- read the user manual for the Apple Watch because because <laughs> it's my job to read those things. Yeah, but and you're also someone. Sarah read the user manual for our kettle. Okay, she's someone that reads <laughs> user manuals. I'm like, no, well, you, aren't you put you it glad on the I stand. read it because <laughs> then you threw it out and didn't know how to make it like work. I couldn't figure out a tea kettle. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's a complicated tea kettle. Tea kettle in David's defense. Um, anyway, sorry. You were reading the manual and <laughs> and. Yeah, I was surprised there were so many things that were not intuitive to me mm-hmm. that I would never have figured out if I didn't read the manual. Yeah, I was talking to a friend the other day who had the Apple Watch, and I showed him like two or three things that were like made his life so much better. Like the double tap of the crown to take you to the app you were most recently on mm-hmm. changed my life when I figured that out. Because there's like, oh, I don't have to like go and navigate back to that app. Yeah, that's really great. And I didn't even realize, I mean, and that you, if you double tap the side button, you bring up Apple Pay. Like It took me so long sitting, at, like I think it took me three tries trying to pay something for something with my Apple uh-huh. Watch for I think I just finally asked you. I was like, Sarah, have you read the manual? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, didn't I even read the manual for you when you installed like an iPhone screen protector? You were like, how does this work? Yeah, I was like, I, David, there's a two paragraph instruction <laughs> like sheet, just read it. And then I made fun of you and I messed it up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you get for making fun of me, David. Yeah, somehow I still haven't learned. <laughs> All right, now it's officially our show. Thanks everybody for tuning in. I forgot to do our second half of the show plug, so I'm going to do it right now which is in addition to going to iPhone Life Insider, iphonelife.com slash insider, if you want a free daily tip, you don't get the videos, you don't get all the other cool stuff, but it's an email video, um, email tip without the video, uh, iphonelife.com slash daily tips. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We're going to be doing it weekly from now on, or at least we're really trying to do it weekly. So far, four weeks in a row. Four weeks in a row. How was saying today, you guys have to make a commitment to the podcast do it weekly. And I was telling him that I was afraid of commitment, but I how, said it on how air. How Goldstein is our, is our founder. Thank he you. founded the company just for people who are wondering who Hal is. <laughs> Figured it was tangential to the story. The, the important thing is that I'm making the commitment to do a weekly podcast. So you guys need to subscribe to listen to it. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye.